Yo, this is G Love, and you're listening to No Good Music. Yo, could I get a cold beverage? I need some leverage. A sweaty ass as a lemonade would be nice. Of a spice from the top to a BK. Got a bar, got a drink, but girls got the bait on the front porch. Yeah, I got some icy. If you like a taste of tea, then come along with me. Summertime is steaming, don't give me no bugs. Glass some ice and a dash of a mess, martini time. Yeah, yeah, feeling cold and bring your own beverage. It's me, so it's cold. I like cold beverage, yeah. I like cold beverage, yeah. Today we have a very special guest. He's a singer, songwriter, blues man, musician, master of the mouth harp, and rapper. He is the G in G Love special sauce. So let's all welcome No Good Music, Mr. G Love. Hey, good to be here. I usually have an audience here. There we go. <laughs> Little sound effects. So do I call you? G, do I call you by your real name, or what do you want me to call you? You can call, call me discombobulated. Okay, discombobulated. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably as cold where you are as where I am. Where are you? New Jersey, Central. Well, I'm in New England, bro. It's colder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get snow? Yeah, a little snow. Yeah, how about you guys? We got like six inches. Uh, I, might, I might have a special guest. I might have a special guest joining me at, at three. Okay. Sounds good. My sure. father. Oh, okay. My father's going to join us because oh. he was there the whole time. So you're in Massachusetts, but you were born and raised in Philadelphia. Now you're the you're the second person in a row we've talked to from Philly. And the other person. But were they wearing? Were they wearing an Eagles scarf? No, I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> Do you know Eric Bazilian? Oh yeah, actually, he graduated some years ahead of me at my <laughs> high school, Germantown Front School. Yeah, yeah. And actually, the, my first my first concert that I chose to go to was George Thurgood and the Delaware Players. Mm -hmm. And the second concert I chose to go to was the Hooters. Oh, wow. At the Tower Music Theater. And that was when I was in seventh grade. So that would be 1985, maybe? Or okay. You're a little bit, you're young, younger than I am, a little bit. Okay. I'm 58. <laughs> Not to give out age. Oh, yeah, I'm, 50, I'm, 50, I'm, I'm 51. Well, yeah, Eric is, uh, yeah, he's, he's awesome. And, um, Actually, I think that they made, yeah, they made their, I believe they made some of their records at Studio Four, uh, which is where we made our first record mm -hmm. uh, in 1994, which we're celebrating 30 years of this year. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to your uh, tour soon um, and the album, because that was my first introduction to G-Love, your, your first album in 94. Cool. But when did you first... Pick up a guitar. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old. My mother put me into uh, folk guitar lessons at Settlement Music School uh, in Philadelphia. And uh, I was terrible. 
Okay. Um, I don't know why I, I don't know why I kept with it, but <laughs> by the time I was thirteen, I could figure out how to tune the guitar, and okay. then it started sounding pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. So by the time I rolled into my, you know, uh, my puberty puberty <laughs> years or whatever, I was I was already playing uh, musical playing guitar puberty. pretty good. But music musical. I'm an age. Yeah. I, I came. I came of age uh, already playing guitar, which you know, um, m- music is, is is a good thing uh, for socializing, and not just with the girls, mm-hmm. uh, and just in general, because people love music, um, yeah. and musicians love musicians. So I was able to find some guys in high school that we. I had a band that played the town show, and I had a folk group in high school called Greenwood, and um, and then that kind of. But I I always kind of seemed to have more of a work ethic or or just desire to play uh, and perform. So that led me to kind of branching out on my own when I found that other people weren't quite as focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, music was. Kind of every the reason I said that coming to age thing because it really was an integral part of everything in my life since I've been a little kid, mm-hmm. and it kind of led me. It's led my whole life, music forward. Like it's been everything mm-hmm. from friendships I made early to the relationships I've had to you know everything. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I've loved music since I was a little kid. Today's Elvis would have been Elvis's. Um... 89th birthday. Oh, okay. Plus, he's still out uh, there. My, 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 my lawyer was, is, is such a huge Elvis fan, so I have to text her today. Yeah. And, and I'm sure she's telling me. <laughs> she's like, yeah. So that, that's kind of the, even though I was, I was born in 65, so early 70s, wow. my mom, like I said, loved Elvis. She loved country music, too. Uh, but that's probably the first. My sister gave me these forty fives when I was like seven years old that she didn't want anymore, and one was Elvis Jailhouse Rock. So even though I was born later than experiencing, you know, Elvis at you know at his height, that was like the first my first introduction to music. Did you like other people? Did you did your parents make you take piano lessons? <laughs> I have to ask that. No, 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 my mom just put me in because we didn't have. My family wasn't like a musical family; it was like a TV family. Oh, okay. Uh, and of course, for people that didn't grow up and we grew up TV, then it was a lot different. There was like three channels. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, they right. watched they watched the news, or my father listened to AM radio. Well, my mom did have a awesome uh, record collection, which just to your to your last point, that's where I discovered the White Album mm-hmm. and Bob Dylan, okay. his hits, and Dr. John, the Blues Brothers, um, Bob Marley, Rasta Man Vibration. Well, yeah, uh, um, no, I never was, I never took piano lessons. It was just like a, my mother said, do you want to play? Because I was like driving on the back of the station wagon okay. to see while she was singing along to the radio and She's like, oh, you got the beat, kid. You, you want to play? Maybe you should play an instrument. I said, I want to play guitar. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I said when I was eight. Yeah. And good thing I did because that changed. That that was my whole life. And still, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. So 
but never took piano lessons. However, my sister did, and we did have an upright piano in the house. But I could play just a couple things. It's, I don't have too many regrets, and I wouldn't say this is a regret, but I do feel a certain envy when I see other guitar-driven artists, uh, you know, step into the piano to perform some numbers. Like I noticed John Mayer was doing that at his solo show. And of course, Neil Young is famous for that. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I don't have that type of vocabulary on the piano. And I love the piano. I, I love that instrument. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. It is such a, what a weird instrument to play. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you don't know what the hell you're doing, kind of like drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but people will probably say the same thing to me. Yeah, about, I could oh, never. How can you put harmonica on guitar at the same time. Yeah, because you're doing two things at the same time. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I could never play drums, or I play a little guitar. I took lessons when I was 15, but I'm still learning. <laughs> you know, we're always learning. But uh... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I think that I think that. Dr. John, Dr. John started out as a guitar player, and in his autobiography, which I read years ago, he said something like, "Yeah, piano was just a way easier instrument, and guitar was." That's why he switched to piano because he didn't feel like he was a good enough guitar player or something like that. Yeah, and also the tip of his finger got shot off. But yeah, look, I mean, I my guess thing is, I have short, I have short fingers. So it's oh, okay. I, there's certain chords I can never play on the guitar. Okay, <laughs> I can play Neil Young, you know, Bob Dylan, stuff like that. Yeah, your music style. Now I was shocked. I if you go on Wikipedia, which you know I think people can go in there and edit their own <laughs> interpretation or definitions. Uh, but it said that. Um, when you go into G Love and Special Sauce, it actually says that your playing is sloppy, and I think lazy. Okay, yeah. I was shocked that. Yeah. How do you describe? I mean, your sound is is funk, blues, hip hop. I mean, I I don't know if there's a category for for your sound. Chicago blues, mm-hmm. just blues with the hip, the the music driven with the blues, the lyrical content, the subject matter is driven from the city of Philadelphia and my love for hip hop and, okay. and delivered in in a cadence that is is is, is hip hop oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of the, the, the gist of what we do. Mm-hmm. But along the way, of course, we've it's really a soup of or a sauce of American yeah. okay. music and yeah. some world music because we do love you know, Jamaican music, reggae, rock steady, 
and uh well yeah it's mostly rooted in the blues and hip-hop mm-hmm. so what, what were you listening to as, i mean you mentioned some artists but like you know when you were a teen and that that made you want to play the guitar when we talked to eric bazillion he mentioned he, him seeing the beatles you know and that was a big influence on a lot of people that 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 looks so cool i <laughs> i want to be in a, in a band or i mean what yeah i mean i, I will tell you like my, my beatles story like i said i found my mom's copy of the white album in the basement mm-hmm. okay and the first the first time i put that record on i was taking guitar lessons and learning to play uh, a lot of my guitar teachers would teach me to play songs a lot of mostly beatles songs mm-hmm. so i learned the guitar and sing because all of my I had three different teachers and they all encouraged me to sing and play at the same time. And so that was the thing. I'd take, you know, learn to play Her, uh, Her Majesty or this week I'm going to learn how to play Rocky Raccoon. That's mm-hmm. the first time I learned how to play, put on the White Album because I couldn't figure out how the talking intro went over the music. Okay. So I looked it up. I picked, looked up a lot of, there was no online. I, I put on the record and Somewhere yeah. in the Black Man Hill, South Dakota. So, so that record, um, the White Album, did become inspirational for me. And like I said, Bob Dylan was a huge inspiration. I started playing harmonica on the rack uh, and guitar at the same time. And so I really got heavily into Bob Dylan and also Neil Young. And I started writing songs very much inspired by Dylan-esque. And okay. I thought that was very original at my high school in the 80s until... When, look, I went to open mic nights, and then I realized, oh, a lot of people love Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Well, I always had this thing where I want to be original. Um, so I went to a store, record store, and I asked, well, is there anybody that plays guitar and harmonica, solo acoustic, other than Bob Dylan and uh, Neil Young? And they gave me a, excuse me, John Hammond record called Country Blues. And that record uh, literally changed my life. And that record led me to having a passion uh, and taking a deep dive into the Delta Blues and, and just all blues. And that led to me become G-Love because eventually in my pursuit of being a student of the blues and learning these records, I was always taking what I learned and making my own songs with it. But then one day I started rapping over it, and that's mm-hmm. when I figured out what my thing was going to be. And that was by accident. And that's just because, look, I'm a fan of hip-hop. I never intentionally set out to be a rapper. I set out to be a blues man. But, like, hip-hop is a lifestyle that I grew up in, whether that was playing basketball, writing graffiti, skateboarding, and just partying in Philadelphia, break dancing, and then being a fan of hip-hop. And never thinking, oh, I'm a rapper. Yeah. Because back in the day, it was hip hop was especially a cultural thing. It was black music made from the the, the black communities in the big East Coast cities at the time. Philadelphia, probably kind kind of came from from blues yeah. music too, hip hop. You know, soul, R and B. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I never, never set out to do that but just from being a fan of hip-hop it did find its way into my music in a big way now did you did you come up with the name g-love did a girl give you that name or did <laughs> <laughs> no i i did um my name's garrett 
So yeah. I always had the G thing going and in high school called me G this or G that. But like, um, so when I wanted to have a stage name, you know, I, well, the reason I wanted to have a stage name is because all of my influences, except for John Hammond and Neil Young, were all had stage names. Bob mm-hmm. Dylan's a stage name. All the blues people, Muddy Waters, Mississippi, yeah. John Hurt, you know what I'm saying? Howlin' Wolf, and then all the rappers, Q-Tip, KRS-One, Guru. It was just a thing, like, oh, if I'm going to set out to make a record, I have to have some kind of stage name. So when I went to make my first record, which was called G-Love, oh, yeah, he said, what do you want to call it? It's a tape pressing place, and I said, call it G-Love, oh, yeah, and that was it. And then when I met the band, I always wanted to have a band called Special Sauce, (laughs) but Jeff, my drummer, so he said, what do you want to call the band? That's the one we're called a band, Special Sauce. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, Well, no, it's got to be G Love and something. I go, All right, G Love and Special Sauce. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I got real famous, and he did, and he got mad about it. I said, You're the one who's <laughs> called G Love. Yeah. <laughs> now, eventually, you moved to Boston. This was before your debut album or your self titled album, but G Love and Special Sauce. Now, was it? I assume it was for music, unless your family moved there. I don't know how young you were when you moved to Boston. Uh, yeah, so I was 19. I had finished, or I was, yeah, summer of 1992. I guess I was 18, and then I turned 19 that fall. Out so of I, high school. Yeah, I had gone to college for a year at Skidmore okay. College in Saratoga Springs, and then... um yeah, I just decided that I really want to pursue music and I felt like that was what I wanted to do. And I had uh, a vision to be a street performer at Boston. I found out you could get a street performer's license and mm-hmm. do it legally, which you couldn't do in Philadelphia. And also a friend of a friend needed a roommate in Boston. So that's why I went to Boston and I went there specifically to like uh, my parents weren't crazy about me checking out of college and they said, I will watch take a year off and see, you mm-hmm. know, and then you know, plan on going back to school the next year. So I did I I, I so then that was summer of nineteen ninety two. Yeah. So then by the summer of nineteen ninety three, band was full on and I did apply to BU. I applied to BU and got accepted. But by that next fall of nineteen ninety three I we signed our record deal with Epic Records. Okay, and then we hit the road. So that one so, year was the year off really paid dividends for me. So was that when you had the band? Was that the? Um, I read that you were you were the house band for a while, at the Plow and the Stars, in Cambridge. We we had Monday nights. We were we were one of the oh, okay. bands that there, but we had Vermont way to residency. Okay, now was that the band Special Sauce at the time, or yeah. did you not? Yeah, it was Jim. Okay. Jim. No, that was, okay. yeah, that was us, yeah. Jim, yep. Jimmy Jazz, Jeff Clemens, and I. Okay, yeah. Were you pretty content with what you were doing? You said thinking about going to college again, or were you looking for the bigger picture? No, I was of, trying to get a record. Yeah, because uh, some people just are happy with what they're, like, musically. They don't yeah. want a record deal. They they don't want to be, they're not looking for fame, but they're but they're looking to make a living. They're looking to, and they're looking for, you know, a little bit more than just doing the same thing all the time too. I mean, you're looking, you were, you were probably, um, 
But we'll get into your album now because it were these the songs that are on the the 1994 album were they songs that you had already written and performed when you went into the recording studio on that album? Yes, so some of the songs I had written in 1992 uh, when I was. Like shooting hoops was one of the earlier songs, and mm-hmm. then the original version of Baby's Got Sauce, which was just called Sauce. Which if anyone wants to hear, is on the G Love Oh Yeah record, which I mentioned earlier. Okay, um, and that record has also original version of Shooting Hoops. Yeah, then I had met the band, and then I had started writing uh, songs for the band, and we had started writing together. So most of the first record we is is it's obviously our original repertoire. Yeah, those were the originals that we were leading with. And there was a bunch of really great tunes that unfortunately didn't make that record and never did make mm. any record because we kind of moved on stylistically away from the hip-hop and just more into straight-ahead like blues and New Orleans type mm-hmm. of music for the second record. So unfortunately, I, I, looking back, I wish we would have kind of we basically had two records in the can from the first record. It's just that, look, at the time we were just pushing forward creatively and artistically, and we didn't want to go back or stay still. We just wanted to keep yeah. moving forward. So a lot of the yeah. stuff from that early era uh, didn't really get a shot, which is unfortunate when I look back. But look, it was always my intention to get a record deal and to make it in music. And However, my idea of making it in music was to be like, my main influence, John Hammond, which was to make, I just wanted to make a record mm-hmm. and tour play, yeah. and play the coffee house circuit. Mm-hmm. That's what my goal is play coffee house, coffee houses and make a record. And I had, and get it and get a following, you know, where you could yeah make a living doing yeah. that to get your name. Yeah. That, that, you still want was, your name out there, yeah. you know, that people know who you are, but you weren't looking yeah. to be, but I, I never like, like the, um, you know, like the stones or something, you know. That's true. Well, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point to differentiate. I, I wanted to be, I wanted to play in coffee houses and make folk music and make blues music. I, I really wasn't interested in pop music or pop culture. And I didn't care about money or, or anything other than the, the purity of making music. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's real. And, and actually I'm really I'm happy that, that that's where I was at as a young person because a lot of the choices that I made with my career in music were the wrong choices to make for a pop career. However, mm-hmm. they were the right choices to make for a musician. Yeah. And that's what I've always felt like I am. I'm a musician. I'm not like an entertainer. Even though I am quite a great entertainer, mm-hmm. um, I have always set out to be a musician and have been inspired by what I consider to be real music and not, you know, pop, uh, pop music. So yeah. probably bring up the Hooters again, probably like the last <laughs> pop band I was really a big fan of was the Hooters because I was such a huge fan of them. And they, they were like quintessential pop. They were very rootsy. If you look mm-hmm. back at that band, the songwriting obviously is fantastic. They never really cracked it wide open other than their work, Cindy Lauper. And yeah. and obviously Eric's hit "What If God Was One of Us." Yeah. But as far as the Hooters were, just the biggest thing ever in Philadelphia. 
And I'm surprised it didn't become bigger because they were awesome. They were just a fun, but they're just a was, fun band. That was kind of like, yeah, they were great. And that was, but I guess that's kind of pop. I don't know, maybe that's not really pop. No, that wasn't pop. It was more rock and roll because, like, all you zombies, that's like some underground shit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, look, I was, I was not a, my goal was not to be, you know, the 80s pop music that I grew up uh, being exposed to was not where I was. That was not what I was trying to do. Mm-hmm. I was trying to play blues like John Hammond. I didn't care about any of that other shit. <laughs> so um, May 10th will mark the 30th, can you believe it, anniversary of that right. album. And for our listeners, it's just G-Love and Special Sauce, self-titled. Now, you're beginning a tour on the 11th in a couple yeah. days in St. Louis, and it ends on March 16th in Boulder, Colorado. And yeah. I wish I would have known the two shows in Philly are sold out, which has City Winery, uh, which yeah. is great. And also Ram's Thank Head, I think, is sold, sold out, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's an L.A. show. Sold. So you, you have some sold-out shows, which is has to be a good feeling. I mean, yeah, I know you, yeah. you, so you have Here comes followed. my special guest. Oh, okay. Here comes my father. <laughs> Go ahead. So over the years, you have people that come see you all the time it's still a good feeling to know that after all these years you can still sell out shows so then father gary hi gary i'm rob rob hi rob how you doing so rob was just asking about we got some good we got some sold out shows uh yeah so it's great you know rob it's like um it's it's just great look we're not playing really big big rooms on on this tour so Mm-hmm. We figured that we would sell out a bunch of shows. But yeah, it, it, look, it's a testament to the fans. And that's what we really owe, owe the 30 years to is are, are the fans because they, they're the people that have, you know, we've never sold a lot of records. So luckily mm-hmm. we've been able to connect uh, in a real, real meaningful way, I think, with great amount of a good number of people that have, you know, I see people that have, this is my 30th show, or this is my 45th show, or this is my mm-hmm. 10th show. And that's, that's what, what can you ask for besides that? And how many, why. how many, Gary, how many, how many shows have you been to? Uh, <laughs> over 30 years, over 30 years. Yeah, we've, we've been to quite a few. Mm-hmm. We, uh, in the beginning, we went to a lot of them that weren't too far away. We, we were in Philadelphia okay. and, uh, then we would then we would cherry pick very good locations, you know. Like one Valentine's Day, we traveled to Paris to see. Ooh, him oh wow! <laughs> and we went to Red Rocks to see him perform. Oh, oh. Wow. and you know, sort of I- iconic places is what we tended to do. But like coming up in Boston, we'll be there for that. Okay, nice. And but a lot of shows, a lot of shows, Rob. Are you are you proud of your son? Are you do you wish he would have gone into a different profession, or was was there something you had in mind? No. no? Okay. Well, that, oh, that's that's really a leading question. So, <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a retired lawyer. Okay. So how, how does a retired lawyer come up with somebody like this guy? Yeah. You you go figure that one out. Uh, I'm I'm sure he's he's a great son. Oh, I know he is. In high school, when, um, you know, the music was becoming a real passion. I mean, he started when he was a little kid, but when he became a teenager, it became, you know, really a passion and maybe even a, an obsession. 
he told us that he wasn't going to college. He was just going to pursue his music. So, uh, you know, we had a we had a we had a, we had a problem with that. And mm-hmm. Well, you we told him help from. Well, didn't you tell hmm? you told him to take a year off? Maybe that was that was the start of. Well, now in the beginning, we tried to get him to go to college. You know, that okay, you, okay, to go to college, Gary. You can you can do your music at college, and because he he didn't want to do that, and and he was academically really strong. You know, so I hated to see him stop at high school. I guess. So, well, well, sorry. What was there was a story because I did go to Skidmore for a year, and then, that's what I was telling you. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then the, on the I'll never forget because we're on the ride home from my parents came out to pick me up for spring break. Now, Saratoga Springs to Philadelphia is a four-hour drive. So I told my mom and dad about two hours into the drive that I was <laughs> not going back after after the spring was up. And I think, my in my mind, my mom cried for the rest of the way home. Uh, <laughs> so I think he had planned. I think he had planned that. And uh, yeah, at that point, we knew that this was this was his life, and mm-hmm. you know, we didn't. We didn't discourage him from going yeah. out in the music world. There's another good story where the next year when I was a street performer, they came up to visit me in Boston, and I came and met. They were staying up in Cambridge at the Sheraton Commander there, and I came up for a visit, and we stayed. I or I came up, and we had lunch or something, and then I, my mom and my father watched me walk away with my street performer's cart, which is basically like, you know, yeah. maybe look like a homeless person mm-hmm. walking this cart down the street. And I guess my mom started crying again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, at that point, before he really became G-Love, uh, he was performing on the street, you know, at Harvard Square and in the subways. You got to so start we were somewhere. Saying, oh, I guess we had our, yeah, that's right. But, you know, we didn't, we never, I don't know, we never really dreamed that it would end up the way it has. And the but you're proud, you're, you're proud of them now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, I admire his, uh, the art that I, I think he's a true artist mm-hmm. because what yes. really cares about is the creativity end of it, writing mm-hmm. the songs and doing a lot of original work which I think is critical for success mm-hmm. in this business. I was totally immersed in grunge, you know, Nirvana, Soundgarden, but yeah. my friend Nirvana. my friend Tim, he was also into music, but he was into college music. I, I was too, but I think I kind of went askew with the grunge music. But he introduced me to the album, to the day, and I still have my original CD from 94. Good for you. I have to say, I'm not too familiar with the, the newer albums, but I've been listening more the last couple of weeks and getting back into getting into, you know, your music. And I, have to, I really love the album. That, I think it's called The Juice, which is from oh, yeah, yeah. some years ago. That was a good feel yeah. to it. Thank you. And you know, Rob, that first record, that first CD you're talking about, that went gold eventually. Yeah. Took how many years to go gold? Yeah, it it basically sold about a a thousand to three thousand copies a week for like fifteen years, Mm -hmm. Uh, and eventually it went. It almost went platinum. It's it's closer to nine hundred thousand copies. Yeah. So that was that's pretty cool. My my wife she she likes basically the Chili Peppers, just a couple different bands. She's not into music like I am. 
But I said, yeah. I said, do you remember G Love and Special Sauce? And she's like, oh yeah. And she started Cool Beverage because okay. I think I played. I met my wife in '91, so I would have been uh -huh. playing this CD probably constantly, and that's why she <laughs> she knows you guys from playing that CD. So what can that's we so expect good for you? What can we expect? You were at um, the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was so I'm so excited to talk to you because like you guys were on MTV, you know, when they played videos. And uh, like I said, I yeah. love that album. I never thought I'd get to actually talk to you. I did see um, I did go see in 2006 and it was at Star oh, cool. Hill, Star Hill in Charlottesville. Oh, OK, cool. And I remember bringing that CD booklet with me, hoping to meet you. But I guess maybe you had to be somewhere or you didn't come out after so uh, i don't know uh, if you do that sort of you know, thing i'll tell you i'll tell you another fan story we're we're renting a house in marathon in the keys this for a month this winter and garrett has a show at key west right when we're starting that so i was talking to the <laughs> owner of the house we're renting that the landlord and i said well we're going to be in key west and you know the night before we come there oh really what are you doing there well, our son's a, a touring musician. He's going to be there. Mm -hmm. Who's that? Gee, gee, love. This guy, <laughs> he went crazy on the phone. He said, my wife. Wait till I tell my wife. And, you know, That's that happens. Because he's got hardcore, you know, hardcore. He was saying that, but the hardcore fans all over the world, really. All yeah. over the country, all over the world. What can we expect from the tour? Do you have Jeffrey and Jim? with you i i'm not too familiar with who you have in your band right now yeah so to be completely transparent jeff the house man he's retired from the road now okay uh, so he's not in the band he's he, he he does certain things like he just did do the uh small european tour with us but okay. so the band right now is jimmy jimmy jazz uh the original mm -hmm. bass player and chuck treese who kind of has been an Larry, part of the band off and on since the very beginning. He, he did play on some of our first demos in 1993. And uh, he's been, he and I do the G Love Chuck Trees duo. And then he's part of the special sauce now. Um, he and I kind of reconnected during COVID together, made our latest record, Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So, so, and, and the, 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 the program is, um, is is basically the first record uh we're not okay. playing it as it goes in running order but we've we've made a a really cool show out of the record so the first set is most of the first record and then the encore we're, we're gonna do i think we're gonna take a couple requests so you know mm -hmm. that'll be up to the fans to see where okay. that goes and then uh kind of close it out with another hit or two off of the first record but yeah it's great because Look, I'm still very close to these songs, all the songs from the first mm -hmm. record. It's just a tremendous uh, record. The songs are amazing. And I, I really still feel, like I said, emotionally connected to these songs. So it, it's a lot of fun to play this material. And I think that collectively we feel, you know, just really uh, like it's a, it's a big accomplishment to still uh, be out here doing this thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, because it's a it's a tough business, um, and like I said, it, it's all thanks to the fans. So we're gonna go out and and uh, have a good know, time. Looking forward, 
<laughs> to play and play in a set, yeah. and and it's gonna it's a great show. Thirty now, years some... is a long time. You're thirty. Yeah. You're thirty years older too. <laughs> and, I'm older. Uh, the other thing. The I'm other... older than your son. Too. <laughs> yeah. The other. Oh, okay. <laughs> the other thing to appreciate is that. A lot of those songs on the on the first record he wrote when he was a teenager. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of my favorite songs on that record is Bass the Basketball yeah, Shoot Noops, yeah. And I yeah. he wrote that when you were what, sixteen years seven, old? Seven, seventeen. So that's pretty so at a very young age he started to write music which was really key to his success. Mm-hmm. Not just do covers. So are some of these songs mm-hmm. ones you maybe haven't done in a while? Like over the years? Uh yeah, like, like of live. Course, yeah, because there's, yeah, um, for sure, uh, songs like um, garbage, garbage man is is semi, mm-hmm. semi rotation. Look, baby's got sauce. Yeah, I'll do anything this you could ever want for me to do. A kiss for summer, this a smile, and it's done. Miss, I'm your mister. My sister's your sister. My mother's your mother. Father's your father. It all started when I kissed her. I missed her, dig. It was love at first sight. Yo, do better when it started. I ain't broken hearted, but babe. I need some time, some time alone with the crew. Yeah, to do the stupid things that we used to do. Upon this, she slapped me with the fire pan. Y'all, this is love. Not gonna leave it. My baby got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. She got sauce. Your baby ain't sweet like mine. Uh, this ain't living. A cold beverage. Probably get the most play. And then songs like the things I used to do, Garbage Man, Fat Man, mm-hmm. Shooting Hoops. Blues they get a good amount of play. Blues music, a good amount of play. But there's some songs we rarely play, like uh, Town to Town or, um, you know, Some People's Like That or, uh, you know, some of the deeper cuts on the record, Walk to Slide, which mm-hmm. we are playing. And um, so I think that's cool. Now, is this getting a – a lot of people collect vinyl again. So is, is this getting a reissue? On vinyl, yeah, great. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, it's it's coming out on Record Store Day. It's going to be a four, like a double, really? a double album mm-hmm. uh, on real heavy vinyl, like forty five uh, RPM or no, well th- thirty three, right? Wow, like the vinyl, big vinyl. Oh, I thought you said four four. How many albums? So yeah, it's two albums, four okay. sides. Okay. Yes, and that's going to have the first record on it. Plus a couple old live, uh, a couple of outtakes from the first record. Oh, okay. And also a couple live versions for shows in 1994. What about so it's Rodeo cool. Clowns? Rodeo Clowns was the fourth record, so oh, okay. that's not, that's not part of this one. That's two vinyl, two two records. Yeah, out, yeah, double. One album. Yeah, so it should be a really cool uh, packaging, and uh, so definitely a good collectible for vinyl folks like myself. <laughs> yeah, I collect vinyl. I'll definitely get that. There's a there's an Ace Freely one where he, it's two albums. It's one album, but it's made into four sides, and it's a and it's okay. 45 RPM, but they're regular size albums. Uh, I think uh, they get a better oh, sound okay. sound out of it. I don't know what the reasoning huh. is. I, I don't. I yeah. so I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But obviously, like they they took one record. And made it that so they could cut the groove super thick. That's why we're doing. That's why we're doing a double album because the first record did come out on a small run of vinyl. Oh, okay. But 
we try to fit all that record on that bottle so it's thin cut so this will be a lot higher quality than the original yeah. vinyl which is cool yeah because 94 they were probably maybe phasing out or eventually cds came out yeah. i mean i yeah. sold most of my albums in like around that time and now i'm buying the right. same <laughs> albums back right. you know for my collection yeah well look i mean our record came out on cassette cd and vinyl. <laughs> so yeah. probably one of the yeah look there was only a couple 10 years or so where records would come out on all those three formats yeah you still have cassettes rob what was that cassette tapes you still no. have some cassette tapes no i don't have those yeah, i got some in the basement i, I have some of those in the basement in my g-love ar- archives those don't last too long or it depends on how you store them you know right. yeah. we'll see so Where are you located? I'm in New Jersey, uh, like Central Washington, New Jersey. Okay. Hunterdon okay. County. Okay. Yeah. We're we're in a perfect spot though because I'm like a an hour and twenty from Philly, and probably the same distance to New York City. So we're like kind of in between there. One of the last things is I wanted to ask you about basketball since you have you have a couple songs I seventy six. Oops. So I assume you're a big basketball fan and do you go to the Sixers games very often? Do you have season tickets or? Well, yeah. So my father, he, his firm had season tickets. So we okay. would always get to go a couple of times a year at least. But I think like. And those season tickets were on the floor. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, they weren't on the floor. They were like right up. Very close. It was good. You're a good season. We were close. But look, let's be honest. We couldn't, we never got to go see the Lakers or the Celtics. We'd always go get to see the Cavaliers or the Bullets mm-hmm. or, the bu- or the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was a, I was a young lawyer in the firm. Well, so. yeah, we, we got to go see, and that was when Dr. J, you know, that, that was the, that was the era. Dr. J. Well, you mentioned, Tony. yeah, you mentioned well, that some was, of them. That was later. Oh, yeah, okay. th- that was later. The AI days were later, but like when I was growing up, we got to see Dr. J, Charles mm-hmm. Barkley, Bobby Jones. Moses Malone, Daryl Dawkins, Andrew Tony, Mo Cheeks, that whole unit. Yeah. And you did a performance on the floor. Well, that was later. That was later. In the, in late in the 90s. But yeah, we we did get to go to a bunch of games. Uh, and then just to be honest, I moved to Boston in 2004. And just because the local games weren't on, you couldn't get them. So I kind of, I kind of fell off the six Yeah, years. yeah bandwagon i'm still a Sixers fan but i just yeah. don't keep up with it like the way i keep up with yeah. the eagles my I father see, and I. yeah i watch i watch all the eagles games but you know where i live i can't get any of the phillies games 
Like I'm I'm literally okay. I'm literally like 15 20 minutes from Pennsylvania. We're almost on the border mm-hmm. and like Easton, Bethlehem, you know, that area. I got uh-huh. I didn't I I used to watch baseball, but the games are so long too. Yeah. Yeah. And then I then I was paying for the MLB TV. It's like $100. Yeah. And then I'd watch yeah. like three three games a year, you know, I just didn't have the yeah. time. So my son loves basketball, loves watching it, playing uh-huh. it. So I I see sporadically I'll see you know, he had the Lakers. He likes the Lakers, so so I'll watch that. But and I haven't well, been to a Sixers a, game in a couple couple years. Garrett was a young, pretty young. He he got to be a really good basketball player at a yeah, young that was age. Pretty good. Oh, okay. And I had, I had issues of him going that route, not music. But yeah. then in, later in high school, the music took over. And basketball fell behind. Yeah, actually, it was a specific thing that happened. It's a good little story because. There was a demo derby in the back of the Philadelphia City paper. You know, send your demo in for this talent show, whatever. And this is over Christmas break. And then the coach called basketball practice over Christmas break. Well, I said, well, fuck that. I'm not going to school <laughs> on, on, on winter vacation. I'm, and I don't want to make this demo. So I, mm-hmm. I didn't go to practice. And I came back. And I was not to brag, but I was the star of the team. And, uh, and so he bench he didn't start me for the rest of the season. This was wow. this was this was uh, ninth grade basketball, and then the next year I would have been the captain on JV because the varsity team had this guy named John Haynes, and they he was the top five player in the country. So I would have been JV, but I would have been the captain of JV. Well, I didn't go out for JV, and then I didn't play. And then the coach would call me and say, "Hey, Garrett, come play. You don't even have to go to practice." And I said, no, I'm not, man. I'm focused on my music now. <laughs> so that was it with basketball, Rob. I, I came back junior year and played on JV. Yeah, played JV, but I had lost a step. Yep, yeah. Uh, I didn't want to say it, but he definitely had. <laughs> well, Garrett and Gary, All right. been great talking to you. Yeah. So I'll let you go. Love talking to you. Okay. Both of you. Thank you, Rob. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Garrett. Thank you, Gary. All right. Thanks, Rob. Have a good one, brother. Have a good day. Bye. been listening to No Good Music. Today's interview was produced and edited by Rob J. Lilly and recorded via Zoom at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts. Exit music by the band 99%.
This song's cold beverage, shake your hair. Baby's Got Sauce, I-76, and Birmingham. Used with permission from Garrett Dutton, a.k.a. G-Love. 